Hello, everyone. This is the CircuitPython weekly meeting for January 16th, 2024. This is the time of the week where we get together to talk about all things CircuitPython. My name is Tim. I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. CircuitPython is a version of Python that's designed to run on tiny computers called microcontrollers. Uh, uh, CircuitPython development is primarily sponsored by Adafruit. So if you want to help support Adafruit and CircuitPython, consider purchasing hardware from Adafruit.com. Uh, this is a weekly meeting which is hosted on the Adafruit Discord server. You can join that server anytime by going to adafru.it slash discord. We hold the meeting in the CircuitPython dev text channel as well as the CircuitPython voice channel. The meeting typically happens on Mondays at 2 p.m. Uh, U.S. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, except when that coincides with the U.S. holiday as it did this week, uh, in which case it will get bumped to Tuesday like we're doing it today. Uh, in the notes doc, there's a link to a calendar you can view online or add to your favorite calendar app. We also send notifications out about the upcoming meetings via Discord, so if you'd like to receive those notifications, just ask to be added to the CircuitPythonistas role over there on Discord. Uh, there is a notes doc that accompanies the meeting and recording. You can contribute to the document beforehand. The final notes doc includes timestamps to go along with the video, so you can use the doc to skip around and view the parts of the video that interest you most. The meeting typically runs 60 to, uh, excuse me, 30 to 60 minutes. Uh, after each meeting, we'll post the link to the next meeting's notes doc over in the CircuitPython Dev channel on Discord. You can always check the pinned messages over in CircuitPython Dev uh, in order to find the latest notes doc always pinned at the top there. So you can add your notes uh, for the meeting throughout the week. The meeting is held in five parts. The first part is community news. That's a look at all things CircuitPython and Python on hardware in the community. It's a chosen set of items from the Python on Microcontrollers newsletter. The second part uh, is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. Excuse me, this one's a qualitative, uh, quantitative overview of the entire project. Gives us a chance to look at the project by the numbers, separate from our status updates. The third section and the first of our two round robins is hug reports. That's an opportunity to highlight the good things that folks are doing. You can take some time to recognize the awesome folks in our community and beyond. Uh, the fourth part and our second uh, round robin is the status updates section. Status updates is an opportunity to report on what you've been up to. You can take a couple of minutes to talk about what you've been doing in the last week since the last meeting uh, or what you'll be up to over the next week uh, until the next meeting. The fifth and final section is in the weeds. In the weeds is an opportunity for more long form discussions. Those can be things that come out of status updates uh, or they can be identified ahead of time as things that are too long for status updates or uh, you know require more conversation back and forth. Uh, if you do have in the weeds topic, uh, feel free to scroll all the way down to the bottom of the meeting notes and go ahead and put your name and your topic down there in the in the weeds section. Um, if you happen to think of it during the meeting, you can go ahead and put that in there as soon as you think of it. That way, once we get to that section of the meeting, we'll be able to just call on whoever is first. So that covers how the meeting will go. So with that, we will get started with community news once I get there and take the first timestamp for us. There we are. So community news this week. First item is uh, CircuitPython 2024 is coming. Uh, as the year starts, it's time to share goals for CircuitPython in 2024 and beyond. Just like in years past, the CircuitPython team would like everyone in the CircuitPython community to contribute by posting their thoughts to some public place on the internet. Uh, keep an eye on the Adafruit blog for the kickoff 
post from Scott Sharcroft and start gathering your thoughts to post on social media platform of choice with the hashtag uh, CircuitPython2024. Next up in community news this week is uh, the new episode of CircuitPython Show podcast. The CircuitPython Show is an independent podcast hosted by Paul Cutler, focusing on uh, people doing awesome things with CircuitPython. Each episode features Paul in conversation with a guest for a short interview. And there's a link here to CircuitPython Show, and the latest episode was just released yesterday, and it features the CircuitPython core developer Jeff Epler. Jeff discusses his role as a core developer, uh, adding JPEG-IO support to CircuitPython, and recent additions of over 2,000 new fonts to CircuitPython. So check out the podcast. Uh, And rounding out the community news for the week, we've got the project of the week, which this week is a Raspberry Pi Pico ham transmitter. Uh, John Dawson has created a ham radio transmitter with a Raspberry Pi Pico. uh, Dawson can transmit single sideband AM, FM, and even uh, CW. Uh, it has a support range of 500 uh, range of between 500 kilohertz and 30 megahertz. The software for this Raspberry Pi project was created from scratch by Dawson and is written in both Cy- uh, Python and C++. And there are links here to GitHub, uh, Tom's Hardware, and YouTube if you'd like to check out that project or the uh, video over on YouTube. So all of these items have come from the uh, Python on Microcontrollers weekly newsletter. So let me tell you just a bit about that newsletter. Uh, That is a weekly newsletter that's a CircuitPython uh, community-run newsletter, which goes out every Monday. The complete archives are available on adafruitdaily.com, so you can always look back at any old uh, newsletters if you'd like. It highlights the latest in Python on hardware-related news from around the web, including CircuitPython, Python, and MicroPython developments. Uh, to contribute your own news or projects, you can edit next week's draft on GitHub. There's a link here in the notes doc if you'd like to go straight there. Uh, just submit a pull request over in that repository with uh, your changes to the draft for the uh, newsletter. Uh, if you uh, aren't so good with GitHub or don't have an account or something like that, but you'd still like to contribute something, you can do that as well. Uh, you can email your news items to cpnews at adafruit.com, or you can tag a post with hashtag CircuitPython on Macedon, Blue Sky, or Twitter, uh, or X. So next up, you will get into the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. Um, This report uh, contains information from the last seven days, uh, including PRs, issues, things like that. Uh, The one exception, which I will uh, mention this week, is for the library section specifically, because those are the ones that I'm more familiar with. I did actually go and grab Uh, yesterday's stats as well. So we've got our eight-day range for libraries, but the rest of this uh, may be missing a day since we're doing the meeting on Tuesday. So I will uh, tell you the stats uh, for overall. One second here. Let me also catch myself up in this document. Yes, okay. So these are the overall stats uh, from across the whole project. Um, there were, whoop, let me timestamp it. There it is. Okay. So, uh, overall we had 22 pull requests merged by 16 authors. Uh, I did not, uh, bold the names that were new to me, but I'll try to read through them, uh, live here. The ones that, um, aren't familiar to me. So these folks might be newer or less frequent contributors, uh, or it might just be the case that I didn't recognize their name. Uh, those names this week, uh, are 
Adam Kumick, uh, How to Flow, um, let's see, Andy Bing, Pico Putch, uh, User64, um, Jay Elario, uh, Kasenho, R. Grizzle, uh, Mahinzen, uh, Saintus. Um, yeah, I think uh, those are the names that I don't recognize. So again, thanks to those folks who might be uh, newer or less frequent contributors, perhaps. Um, for those 22 pull requests that were merged, we did have uh, five reviewers. So thanks to all of our uh, reviewers, including Dan, uh, Liz, Scilabs, Chatwin, uh, Maker Melissa, and Tectric. Uh, and then our last stat for overall, uh, we did have 10 issues closed by six people with 11 new issues opened by 11 people. Uh, so next up, I will take a timestamp, and uh, Scott, if you are available to read the core, uh, you can, or if not, I can. Uh, yeah, that I can do that. Uh, hello. Uh, okay, so for stats for the core, we had, uh, in the last week, we had three pull requests merged from six different authors. Uh, you might think that's weird, but that can happen uh, if the pull request is from Weblate, typically. So Weblate is the software we use to manage translations. So uh, it tends, it will batch uh, translation changes for multiple people. So that's what's going on there. Uh, we had two reviewers, uh, Dan and uh, Chatnuin. Uh, we have 28 open pull requests. So we are just a smidge over the 25 per page boundary that I so like to uh, be under. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, we've had a lot of folks out, including myself. So we'll uh, take a look at these and get those merged in. Uh, we had zero closed issues by zero people and five open by five people. So we have a total of 699 open issues. Um, again, this is trending up, but uh, we're going to get rolling here in January and we should see these numbers go down again. Um, we have eight... Oh, uh, sorry, I leaned on my keyboard. Um, we have eight active milestones. This is how we track, uh, we track prioritization for eight different funded folks. Um, so we have two open issues for 10.0. These are things we don't want to forget for CircuitPython 10. We have 49 open issues for 9.0, things we want to fix before we do 9.0 stable. Uh, we have no open issues for 8.2x, so 8.2 is looking really stable. And then we also have some 9xx issues that are the ones that we want to do after we have a 9.0 stable. Uh, lastly, we have 18 issues that are not assigned a milestone, so this uh, is how many we need to triage still. And again, this is no surprise because we're just booting back up for the new year in uh, 2024. So that's it for the core. All right, thank you, Scott. Uh, next up, I will tell you about the libraries. These are all of the CircuitPython libraries, which you can find on GitHub under names like Adafruit underscore CircuitPython underscore, and then whatever uh, name of the library is. This is a Python level code that helps you either interact with specific devices um, or allows you to work with higher level sort of helper code uh, in order to achieve more without having to worry about as many of the complex details. So uh, across all of those libraries this week, we had 16 pull requests merged uh, by 10 authors. And uh, the uh, name here that sticks out as uh, newer that I, I don't think I mentioned before, so I think this one must have been one of the ones from uh, the Monday Stats, is Tony L. Hansen. So thanks to them again. Uh, they might be a newer, less frequent contributor, uh, as well as the other names I listed before, as well as all of our other uh, authors are definitely appreciated as well. Um, 
for those 16 pull requests, there were uh, four reviewers. So thanks this week for reviewing uh, Tectric, Dan, myself, and Liz. Um, the pull requests that did get merged, the oldest one was 209 days old. Uh, the newest one, uh, the newest several, in fact, were just one day old. We've got a good range going there. Uh, that leaves us with 54 pull requests open, uh, the oldest of which uh, is 516 days old. I believe a draft uh, is, uh, that one is a draft. And then the newest is actually two days old, so we don't have a, a one day old this one week this time. Excuse me. Um, across the last uh, uh, seven days, we had eight issues closed by five people with five new issues opened by five people. Uh, that leaves us with 715 uh, open issues, and of those, there are 19 of them that are labeled uh, good first issues, which makes the perfect segue for me to tell you about contributing. If you would like to get started contributing to CircuitPython, uh, one of the best ways you can do that is on the library side of things, and one of the easiest ways to get started is just head over to circuitpython.org contributing, on that page, you'll see a list of new, uh, excuse me, a list of open PRs, as well as a list of open issues. Uh, on the issues side, you can use a dropdown to filter it to good first issue. And all of those have been identified as uh, the name would suggest being good for folks who don't have as much experience um, that maybe don't require as much in-depth knowledge or uh, you know pre-setup stuff. So uh, if you'd like to get started contributing, head over to the website circuitpython.org slash contributing. Uh, if you need help, uh, feel free to come and join us on uh, the Discord, as noted before. Uh, there is a CircuitPython dev channel and a help with CircuitPython channel, and there are folks around there throughout the week who are uh, always happy to help if you want to get involved in contributing, but you need help with Git uh, or GitHub or anything like that. We also have guides and things so we can point you towards resources that will walk you through uh, exactly how to make your first contribution, uh, as well as hopefully many more to come uh, after that. Uh, uh, so then let me take another timestamp here and tell you about the uh, PyPy stats for the week. Uh, so uh, in library land, um, all of our libraries are deployed on PyPI. Um, this week we had 145,042 uh, downloads across those 324 libraries. Um, so we're picking back up after I think the uh, last couple of weeks were a little lower. Um, the top 10 is listed here if you'd like to take a look through those in the notes doc. Um, the new libraries for the week are over in the community bundle, uh, the Wave Viz library from uh, C. Grover. And then uh, in library updates, it looks like uh, ESP32 Spy and Funk Tools, as well as WaveViz. Um, so check those out. There are links in the notes doc if you'd like to take a closer look at anything that changed this week. Um, so next up is uh, Blinka. I do not see Maker Melissa this week, so I'll go ahead and read the Blinka section for us. So let me scroll here. So Blinka is our CircuitPython compatibility layer. This allows you to use CircuitPython code on Raspberry Pi and other single board computers, as well as on MicroPython devices. Uh, this week, across all of the Blinka repositories, there were seven pull requests merged by five authors. 
Uh, a couple of names here that don't uh, that stick out to me as perhaps newer uh, or less frequent contributors are Ilario, uh, Cassano, uh, and Mahenzen, uh, although I believe maybe I read those in the overall section. That's all right. Thanks to those folks, again, who might be uh, newer or less frequent. Um, in reviewers for Blinka, we had two reviewers, Maker, Melissa, and Tectric, so thanks uh, to those two for reviewing. Um, of the uh, seven open, uh, that leaves us with seven pull requests open, uh, which are listed here in the notes doc. Um, there is one older one in Bluetooth, and the rest of them are kind of at the um, two months or newer. Um, there, across the last seven days, there were two issues closed by one person and one new issue opened by one person, which leaves Blinko with 78 open issues. Uh, you can see those at github.com slash adafruit slash adafruit blinka slash issues. Uh, for PyPI download stats, there were 14,162 downloads this week for Blinka repositories. And there were 4,496 Py wheels downloads. And the total number of boards that are supported right now by Blinka is 128 boards. And... With that, I will introduce and kick off our Hug Reports section. So next up is Hug Reports. This is a chance to highlight uh, folks in the CircuitPython community and beyond for doing awesome things. I'll get us started, then we'll go down the list alphabetically to give everyone a chance to participate. If you're text only or missing the meeting, then I'll read your notes when we get to them in the list. All right, so let's get the first timestamp. There we go. Um, hug reports for me this week. Uh, the uh, other meeting hosts for being flexible with uh, hosting the uh, meeting and uh, coordination and scheduling and all that sort of stuff had some uh, issues with my heater. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to host today. Uh, so just appreciate the other hosts being uh, willing to step in if it came down to it. Um, to uh, Lady Ada for a new game and learn guide quest uh, that she gave me, uh, which is a 1D Pac-Man game that's uh, gonna be built on one of the Qualia uh, super long displays. And then uh, just a group hug for everybody in the community. Uh, and so next up, I will read for C. Grover. Uh, Dan, you'll be after this, but C. Grover first says, uh, hug reports for uh, Jeff and Paul Cutler for the most recent CircuitPython show podcast. Uh, reminds me of how much I've learned and applied from the uh, Jepler Python collection. When I grow up, I hope to be as innovative and proficient a programmer as Jeff. Uh, C. Grover also has a hug report for Tectric for catching an error in a recent uh, community bundle submission, as well as a group hug for everybody. Uh, so next up, I will pass it over to Dan. Okay, thanks. So um, thanks to uh, user US3R64, that's a GitHub ID, who uh, fixed some longstanding issues that we didn't really know about uh, in the ESP32 SPI library and some corresponding code. It was probably copied from ESP32 SPI in the WISNet 5K library. This has to do with um, network requests that might, whose result when they come back, if if the result is fragmented, it might it might it might not get reassembled properly. Um, thanks to Jeff for working on the bitmap filter image processing stuff. That's going to be a whole lot of fun for the uh, Memento camera. And a welcome back to Scott. Okay. All right. Thanks, Dan. Uh, next up, I will send it over to DJ Devon three. Thank you. 
Uh, I have a hug for you, foamy guy, for the live streams that you did this week and last week all on Display.io. Very informative. Uh, picked up a lot of tips and tricks from that. Uh, hug to Paul Cutler and uh, Jepler for a nice Circuit Python show interview this week. And also uh, last week with uh, Jan, who we know as C. Grover. That was a very, uh, both are very informative. And a group hug. All right. Thanks, DJ Devin. Uh, next up is uh, Jeff, who's missing the meeting, so I'll read. And uh, Liz, you're up after that. So for uh, Jeff's hug reports this week, it is a welcome back hug for Scott. Uh, it's not been the same uh, without you around. Uh, a hug for Paul Cutler for having me as a guest on his podcast. And a group hug. So thank you to Jeff for those. And next up, I'll send it over to Liz. Hello. Uh, so to Jepler for helping me get the MCP 3421 library past CI. It's a uh, library that's in the folder, so there was one little setting I was missing. Uh, Scott, welcome back. Uh, Toddbot for bitmaps, rotozoom examples, and a group hug. Nice. Thank you, Liz. Uh, next up is Scott. Sorry, I got distracted. Um, first, uh, thank you to uh, you, Foamy Guy, and Liz for being meeting hosts in the rotation. It's just wonderful to have a number of folks uh, helping out with that. Uh, and then a hug to Jeff and Dan and everyone else for keeping things going while I've been out a bunch. So I really appreciate that. All right. Yep. Thank you, Scott. So next up, we will get into the status updates section. Let me tell you about that. Status updates is our time to tell folks uh, what we're up to individually. I'll start, then we'll go through the list alphabetically. And uh, when I call on you, you can take a couple of minutes to talk about what you've been doing since the last meeting and what you'll be up to until the next meeting. Uh, it's an opportunity as well to provide tips and tricks relevant to what people are working on. Uh, if a discussion does become too long for status updates, we can move it to in the weeds. So with that, I will take the first timestamp and get us going here. There it is. Uh, my status updates uh, for the past week or so, I did a bunch of library reviews. Um, I also spent some time chasing some bugs in Display.io or uh, Display.io related widget libraries, as it turns out. Uh, I was working on getting the, the flip input widget functional. I noticed that uh, somewhere along the way, that one stopped working with um, new versions of CircuitPython. Uh, I did a little bit of bisecting and uh, figured out that it's actually not so much to do with the new version of CircuitPython, but more so to do with the new versions of the libraries that got frozen into those uh, CircuitPython builds. So uh, I've got it narrowed down to some differences in the the uh, display text library, specifically with how it manages the, the location of the tile grid internally. Um, but I do still need to figure out the actual final fix uh, for it to get that flip input back to actually working. Um, I updated the infrastructure in one of the CircuitPython org uh, libraries that was missing webhooks and uh, a couple of other infrastructure things as well as I had super outdated um, PyProject HTML and some other stuff. So I got that updated and uh, it is now released. This was kind of the last library over there that wasn't released, which was holding up the CircuitPython org. Uh, bundle as well. So it is uh, released now. It did succeed on the GitHub uh, release, but the PyPy one still needs another look. It uh, was something about needing to switch to using a token for authentication. Um, so I intend to circle back to that this week and figure out uh, if I have what it needs to be swapped in. Um, 
The, uh, the last thing which I'm getting started on uh, yesterday and today is uh, the code and learn guide for a game that I'm calling 1D Chomper. Uh, it's a clone of a small web game that confines Pac-Man to a single hallway, uh, moving only back and forth to escape the ghosts and collect the pellets. Uh, it'll be a natural fit on one of the very long Qualia displays. Um, I was able to reuse some of the art and components from a different Pac-Man game that I worked on previously, um, so I got a bit of a head start, uh, and I've been building out the rough draft version um, at first using Blinka Display.io and uh, Pygame Display on my PC just to plan out the sizes and scales of things, and then uh, today I moved over to the Qualia but on a different display uh, while I wait for the other one. Um, and I am getting some of the functionality built out today, so it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I think it'll be a super neat project. Um, next up for status updates is C. Grover, who's text only. I'll tell you about theirs. C. Grover uh, says, updated the WaveViz widget to plot uh, any one-dimensional list, not just SynthIO wavetables. Uh, working on WaveStore, which is a collection of helpers to store and retrieve SynthIO objects, starting with wavetables, envelopes, and WaveViz bitmap icons. Uh, hoping to eventually emulate the simplicity of Jeff's font library approach so that stored SynthIO objects can be easily imported and used, uh, which sounds super cool, a library of uh, kind of synth effects. Um, Took a look, uh, took a glance at displayshapes.polygon and bitmaptools.polygon to learn enough to suggest some improvements. Uh, hoping to find a way to make polygon closure optional for display shapes and extend the 8-bit XY coordinate value range for bitmap tools version to accommodate full-screen polygons. Interesting. I did not know that was a limitation. Uh, uh, C. Grover rounds it out by saying, having fun assembling John Park's uh, Faderware project, but have to wait to finish until this week's cold snap abates. The heat pump out there can't sufficiently warm the workshop for soldering when the outside temperature hovers around 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and I definitely feel that one with some uh, temperatures around zero for my neck of the woods. Um, next up, I will send it over to Dan. Okay, so uh, still a lot of work on 9.0 issues and keeping track of things. I'll try to triage all those um, unassigned uh, issues later today. Uh, one thing that I did that's unrelated to CircuitPython, but is kind of interesting, is that uh, a user had, was using a lot of... Um, originally used these, the Mega Board, which is sort of the same size as the Grand Central Board. It's actually the original board of that size, and then there's, everyone has a new thing called the Giga R1, which uses an, the Arduino embed core. And uh, this user was having trouble, they were using um, a TFT from us that had a resistive touchscreen on top, and it was just not working, like the touch was not working. And so I got one of these boards and tried it, and it turns out there's a bug inside the Arduino embed core. If you use a pin, uh, in a digital way and then try to use it in an analog way, it doesn't work. It doesn't like reset the pin properly. And this is the way all the touch uh, screen stuff works because they're using XY things. So they like turn on a pin to pull it to three volts and then read an analog voltage based on resistive stuff uh, but when you use a resistive touch screen. So I've submitted a um, bug for that with Arduino. I don't know what will happen uh, with that but I was able to tell the user what was going on. 
and then uh, some kind of minor things. Uh, there was there were some problems with the settings for um, the community library for our Read the Docs Circuit Python libraries integration, and uh, I changed some settings for that, which fixed things up. Okay. All right. Thank you, Dan. Uh, next up, I'll send it over to DJ Devin. Uh, thank you. This uh, this week, I worked on some performance issues with the Feather Weather Touch program uh, project that I've been working on. Um, appending the display I/O groups and labels only when visible dramatically reduces the loading time of any page. Hidden layers are fine for a few labels, but multiply it times you know 100, 200 labels, and the performance difference is night and day. When versus like not just using hidden but actually removing groups and then reappending them every single page and i have a kind of an example of that that i can share so that's like the flow chart of all the gui stuff that i've been doing lately um so with this type of display io optimization on an esp32 s3 feather with a tft featherwing the soft uh, keyboard grid layout uh, that foamy guy and i have been working on is generated as fast as the screen can actually refresh. Uh, so that was a neat little optimization I found. And that's all because of using display IO group remove and appends, you know, in the correct order that, that display IO wants it. Uh, so that's what I've been up to. Nice. Thank you, DJ Devin. That sounds uh, like a pretty awesome improvement for sure. Uh, next up is Jeff, who's missing the meeting. So I'll read. Jeff says, uh, I'm putting the finishing touches on bitmap filter PR. Uh, we'll set it ready for review once I look over the docs one last time and the build is green. Uh, Jeff also says next up is implementing UVC, which is USB video camera mode. Someone has done this on RP2040 with tiny USB, so it should be possible. First will be a quick hack to see if it's at all feasible. Uh, most CircuitPython devices are limited to 12 megabit per second over USB, so the frame rate and quality of UVC mode is extremely limited, but it would be a cool tech demo for the Momento camera. Uh, ultimately, this should work like a Display.io frame buffer, I think. Uh, nice, super interesting stuff from Jeff. Uh, next up is Liz. Hello, uh, so last week I worked on two new product guides, the CapTouch TFT Featherwing and the MCP3421, which is an 18-bit ADC. I also worked on some code for a NeoPixel fidget toy that Noah is working on this week. I was able to incorporate a pared down version of our NeoPixel run game, which we'd wanted to do a smaller version of for quite some time. Uh, now I'm back to working on the Compass project, which I was doing before the holidays, and I called it done before I went on vacation, but as I was working on the guide, I really didn't like how the UI was looking on the screen. I thought it looked a little too simple uh, and a little too clunky, uh, so I've spent the past day kind of ripping it up and starting again. Uh, I like the direction it's going in now, though, and I've been working on it actually while I've been muted here. Uh, and I hope it's going to be a helpful example for folks for coding a compass, first of all, but also doing some more complicated graphics with the round displays, um, using some roto-zoom stuff and uh, different uh, vector graphics that are moving around. Uh, and then not necessarily CircuitPython related, but I had a chance to do my first jam with the modded cat piano last night with some spacey guitar pedals, and it was everything I hoped it would be. Uh, the meow synth voice really comes alive with some reverb and delay. Uh, it's definitely motivating me to work on the next phase of the mod that will control it via MIDI or CV, and that would be CircuitPython. And that's what I've got going on. Nice. Sounds super cool. Uh, next up is Scott. Hello. 
Um, I'm back after visiting family, and I have a giant mountain of email <laughs> um, that I'm going to start getting through today, along with going and, get, uh, and buying lunch and snacks and stuff. Uh, I finished, or other things I have to do is I need to still finish that SD card over Wi-Fi and be elite pull request. Um, if I remember right, it only needs testing, so I should look at that this week. Um, I also want to make a PR with an additional keyword arg for supporting the 13.3 inch e-paper display that I got my hands on. Um, it, we need an additional boolean to, to say whether we should do pixel addressing instead of packing them into bytes. Um, so that, that was the... I, I just commented out that functionality, so I need a bool to do it instead. Um, and then lastly, I want to do a CircuitPython 2024 post, and uh, I do want to say that I haven't seen any emails come in. Um, so if somebody wants to drop an email to that just as a test, CircuitPython2024 at adafruit.com, email me, just make sure it's working, it would be great. And then um, I'd love to see folks' posts. Um, I know I did the, the New Year's Day one, but I haven't seen pretty much anything after that. So uh, I'd like to do that between now and the end of the month. Um, so that we can see what people want to do with CircuitPython this year. All right. Thank you, Scott. Uh, yep. I know I have not done mine yet, and I'll try to get that in the next week or so for me. Um, next up and rounding out the status updates is Tectric, uh, who I don't think Tectric is here. Yep, not right now. So I'll read Tectric. Uh, for status updates this week, Tectric says uh, Library CI now announces the version uh, versions of pre-commit hooks being used, which will help in debugging specific uh, related CI issues. Looking into creating typing stub files for libraries, but uh, PEP 561 doesn't have a mechanism for marking modules as typed and distributed distributing those typings. Uh, it only covers packages. Uh, PyLance can be tricked into seeing them uh, using data files field in PyProjectTaml, uh, but I couldn't get MPY, or excuse me, M, uh, MyPy to do the same. Uh, there's a draft pep that would allow modules to provide their own stubs, which hopefully gains traction. Uh, this would allow us to remove the try accept block at the top of files by simply creating uh, stub files and using MyPy to enforce the parity between them and the code. Uh, added the wraps functionality to my Funk Tools community library to help the iRobots Python SDK for root and uh, create robots support CircuitPython. Uh, it's just a pass-through function, so not a huge achievement, but always neat to see your code help uh, build cool things. Um, and uh, Tectric's last status update here says, look back at my plan to make uh, GitHub actions using the RP2040.js uh, in order to estimate memory usage. Uh, I enjoyed getting to compile the Pico et uh, boot rom so i can add it to the action which is previous uh, which previously used the b1 boot rom uh, and then i plan to create an action for comparing memory usage in the next couple of weeks as well as a proposed plan for how such functionality would be added to a repository all right and that is it for status updates this week 
we don't have any in the weeds topics, but I will just give you a reminder. This is where we would have the in the weeds section if there were any topics. Um, those can just be longer form or more conversational topics. Uh, so tune in next week to see if we've got anything like that then, uh, which is the perfect segue into wrapping up and reminding you that uh, next week's meeting will be at the usual time back on Monday next week on the 22nd of January at the normal time, uh, which is 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Um, so we will see you here next week. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks everybody. This has been the CircuitPython Weekly for the 16th of January. Thanks to everyone who participated. As a reminder, if you want to help support Adafruit and CircuitPython and those of us that work on the project, consider purchasing some hardware over at adafruit.com. Uh, the video of the meeting will be released on YouTube at youtube.com slash Adafruit. The podcast will be made available on major podcast services. Uh, it will be mentioned in the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter, uh, which you can visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe to. Uh, next meeting, like I said, is on the usual time Monday, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the 22nd of January here on Discord. Uh, if you'd like to be notified about uh, changes in day or time, you can ask to be added to Circuit Pythonista's role. Uh, and that is it for this week. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.